Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody here on this Father's Day, on this uh, celebration of Graduates Day. Uh, we're calling it, you know, Grad and Dad Sunday. So uh, we are happy that uh, everybody is here. First of all, I want to just again say congratulations to our graduates uh, from high school and from college. Um, There's a lot of work, right? Or not so much, okay. Um, <laughs> But just please know that we are praying for you as you take your next steps in life, whether you're headed to college or trade school or to the military, to the Air Force, or to outer space. Uh, we are really happy that, uh, that you are here with us. Uh, and Colossians 3, 23 to 24 tells us, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, your supervisor, your CEO, your commanding officer is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is for him that we do all things. And as you go out, whatever you're preparing for, whatever your goals, whatever your dreams are, remember that you are working for the glory of God through Jesus Christ. And also remember uh, to thank your parents today if you haven't thanked them already, especially your dads uh, on this Father's Day. Um, and just be reminded uh, as you graduate, as you move on from high school and from college, your dads want to turn your room into a man cave, so get out as quickly as possible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But for all of our graduates, for many of us, um, our dads have been a source of strength and support. And I know that that's not true for every single person. And I know that there have here and there been some bad dads, but generally speaking, if a, if a man, especially a Christian man, uh, is, is a dad, he is uh, a source of your strength. He is a source of your support. And dads are important. Um, I, I woke up this morning and uh, the first thing I saw uh, after I got ready, took a shower and everything, was this headline from CNN. And CNN was talking about, uh, in particular, how uh, involved or not involved black fathers are in the lives of their children. And I read through it, and, and it had a lot of good things to say, but really, having fathers involved in their children's lives is good, whether you're black or white or, or Asian or whatever. And did you know that a father's presence if a child is born prematurely, a father's presence um, actually is shown to have uh, positive uh, impact on the infant's health and the infant's growth. And did you know that a father who uh, sets clear boundaries and expectations in a loving way for their children, those children end up having better emotional, behavioral, social, spiritual, even academic lives. And a child who feels closeness to their father, and some of you feel really close to your father, you're twice as likely to enter college and find stable employment after high school. You're 75% less likely to experience uh, different kinds of negative things as teenagers, uh, drugs and alcohol, teen pregnancy, those kinds of things. And you're 80% less likely to spend time in jail, so thank your dad that you are not sitting in a jail cell this morning. 
And you're also half as likely to experience depression if you are close with your father. And maybe some of you fathers are sitting here and you're saying, yeah, that's me. Make sure that you thank me today. <laughs> but some of you are sitting here and, and thinking, man, that's, that's not me. Um, I'm not a good enough father. I have not been a good enough father for my kids. And believe it or not, this is, this is quite a common occurrence. Many, many men feel that they are not the fathers that they want to be or not the fathers that they should be. And that message certainly keeps coming to us from the world, right? We watch movies, we watch TV shows, we hear people talking about fathers, and by and large, fathers are the butt of a lot of jokes. And they are portrayed as inept, they are portrayed as absent, they are portrayed as man-children that have absolutely nothing to do with their kids. And that's what the world is showing. This is, this, is, this is why men aren't that important. This is why fathers aren't that important. But it's a lie. It is an absolute lie. And some of the statistics I just gave you prove that these things are not true. But if you're a dad here this morning and, and you're uh, here or you're watching or listening online, I've got some wonderful news for you because God wants you to be a good dad. And not only does he want you to be a good dad, he tells you in his word how to be a good dad to your children. And let's face it, he's our father, so he kind of has a, a thing or two that he knows about this thing. And we're going to look at um, how we as men can stop saying, I'm not a good father. I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good man and look at how we can trust God who says, I am the good father. I am the one who has given you your children. I am the one who has given you my word so that I can show you how to be the godly dad that I meant for you to be. And there are a lot of ways in Scripture that we can read about uh, talking about being godly dads. We're going to look at four of them really quickly this morning. Number one, we're going to look at reflecting the love of God to our children. Number two, giving wise instruction to our children. Number three, providing godly discipline. And number four, blessing our children with our presence. And we're going to take a look at these things this morning. First, let's look at reflecting uh, God's love. And in 1 John 4, 7 to 10, we read this. We read, Beloved, let us love one another, for, for, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It is very, very difficult to be a godly father if we don't love God, if we don't make God the priority in our lives. And it's really hard to teach our children how to be godly children if they can't see us being godly men. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, 
Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And we could go into this whole idea of what that means, but that's not the point of this sermon this morning. We're talking about love and we're definitely talking about the godly love that dads give to their children. And it says right here, God is love and God exhibited that love by sending his only son and sacrificing his only son so that we might live, so that we might know eternal life. Now many dads I know are willing to give up a lot for their children. They are willing to make sacrifices so that their children can live and have good lives. And how many of you dads have always, even if you've never said it to your children, you've thought it, I want my child to have a better life than I have. Many of us have said that in our heads. Some of us have said that to our children. I want your life to be better than mine. I want it to be easier than mine. I want it to be more fulfilling than mine. It starts with godly love. It starts with loving our children and making those sacrifices. And those are the things that we are mostly willing to do. But as human beings, we still have that little bit of selfishness inside of us, right? We don't want to give up everything necessarily for our children. We probably would if push came to shove, but you know, there are some things that we kind of hold on to. And we know that our love and our sacrifice can never compare to God's. We know that as Christian men. But we also know that we love because we have found in God the love that we are able to then share with our children, give to our children. And because we know God's love, we ought to be a reflection of that. Because we know God's grace and his mercy, we should be a reflection of that. We should be able to relate to our children in that loving example. And it really is, it is the most crucial thing in the world that your children see you living a godly example. It's important that your children see you praying. It's important that your children see you coming to church, serving God, doing the things that God is asking you to do because we all learn by example. We are not a do as I say, not as I do type of people. We're going to do what we see. We're not going to necessarily do what we hear. So dads, in Colossians uh, 3, 14 to 19, the apostle Paul writes this, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. This is probably not something that a lot of dads and probably not a lot of moms have really thought about. But God has put your family together. God has given you the children that you have. God has let you find the wife that you have. And those of you who are not married yet, those of you who are not dads yet, but maybe looking forward to being so one day, God is going to put into your life a woman that he wants for you to be with. A woman that you can walk the Christian life with. A woman that will be as godly as you are. 
And then, if it is God's will, he is going to give you children. And I say God is going to give you children because your children are not your own. God is loaning you his children. God is putting on you the responsibility and the privilege of raising his sons, his daughters. Do you ever think about that? I never thought about that until I heard a sermon like years and years and years ago. Uh, our pastor, Pastor Steve at our old church, he one time said that our children are not our children. And he said this during a child dedication. He said, our children are God's children. It's our job to raise them in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. And Paul goes on here, he says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Dads, if you know Christ, you know a love that surpasses knowledge. You know a love that surpasses understanding. Love your children in the way that God loves us. Love your children completely and let them see you do it. My father was not a, a, an I love you kind of dad. But you know what? I saw his love. I saw his care. I saw his devotion to his wife and his children. Love your children. I think that's the very first thing. It's the most important way that we can be good dads. And the second way is giving wise counsel or giving wise instruction to our children. We need to love our children. We need to care for their needs, but we also need to show them the wisdom of God through instruction. As dads, we're always trying to teach our kids things, right? Don't take candy from strangers. Anybody ever heard that one? Right? Look both ways before you cross the street. Don't ride in the street on your tricycle. <laughs> Why do we teach them these things? Because we want them to survive. We want them not to die. We want them to make sure that they are careful doing the things that they're doing. And we want them to be able to get along in the world in a way that's, that's safe, a way that's honest, a way that's filled with integrity. We teach them all of these things. And they're good things, but we make it so much harder on ourselves than we need to. As Christians, we have an entire book of instruction. That, can, that we can teach to our children. We can sit down and read with our children the Word of God. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I am living proof of that. My parents became Christians when I was about 12 years old. I became a Christian when I was 13. I left home and I screwed up a lot. I did. But I always remembered their teaching. 
Remember one time I was gone, I hadn't talked to my mother for three months, I was so embarrassed with the way I was living, with the things I was doing, and finally, I decided to pick up the phone and call her, and she started crying. And she put my dad on the phone, and he started crying. And I apologized to them, and they said, you don't have to apologize to us. Just make sure you know that we love you. Remember the things we taught you. And now I'm where I am today. Thankfully, because of their teaching and because of their love. We want to make sure that, we, that our children know God. And God gave us scripture. God gave us the Bible in order to do that. In the Old Testament, God gave his law through Moses to the people of Israel, to his people. And he said this, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children talking to them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. That's pretty much all the time. You should be reflecting God's word. You should be teaching God's word all the time so that your children will know them. Dad's first before we can teach our children God's word, we have to learn God's word. We have to be willing to dive into God's word and learn its truths. You need to be with your Bible every single day so that you can know what God has said. You can know what God wants for you and your children, what he wants for us as the church. These are things that our children should not only see us doing, but can also do with us. Most of you are, are, are parents of adult children or grown children or older children, but it is never too late to sit down and start reading the Bible with your family. It is never too late to start learning God's truths as a family. Because whether you are 2 or 22 or 52 or 92, knowing God's word, knowing God's will is crucial. The third way that we're godly as dads is by providing godly discipline. And watch out, kids, he's going to be talking about discipline now. Anybody ever get disciplined as a child? All the adults are raising their hands. None of the kids are raising their hands. I never got disciplined when I was a child. I was perfect. <laughs> but yeah, one of the things that we do as parents, and dads, I'm talking to you this morning, is we discipline our children. We don't like that word very much. We don't like discipline. We certainly don't like it when we receive it. But we don't like talking about that word. My mom was the disciplinarian in our house. My dad didn't have anything to do with it because my dad was no good at it. He had absolutely no idea how to discipline his children. We never heard that fearful sentence. How many of you have heard this fearful sentence? Wait until your father gets home. Anybody ever hear that? 
How many of you that struck actual fear into your heart? Wait until your father gets home. My mother never said that because she never waited. She just, she's the one, she would send us to our room. She'd say, go stand in the corner and think about what it is that you've done. She would do all of those things. And yes, every once in a while, just like Renee, we might get a little spanking. Uh, my mother had this long-handled bath brush. It's about this long. It was blue. <laughs> and all the bristles had been torn out of it. So that when it came down on your backside, you could hear kind of a little whistle <laughs> before you heard the snap. Oh, I'm sorry, where was I? <laughs> Now, most older parents, let's be honest, we, we think of discipline as, uh, we, we, we equate that with punishment. You're going to be punished, right? That's kind of what we think about. You're grounded for a week, was meant to punish you. How many of you got grounded for a week and then never did whatever it was that you were grounded for a week for? Nobody. <laughs> Adam's like... <laughs> Mom, you don't even know. <laughs> but there's a difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment is just you're, you're being, you know, told to do something or you're being spanked or you're being, you know, <clears throat> taken privileges away just for the sake of doing it. Discipline is meant to teach us something. The root word for discipline is the same root word for disciple. And it means that we are supposed to learn something through this discipline. And godly discipline is not this feeble punishment kind of thing. Godly discipline is something completely different. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, we say, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son or daughter whom he receives. This is about God's discipline of us, right? Treating his sons and daughters. And he does this for our good, that we may share his holiness. God is not just punishing us to punish us. God is disciplining us. Us. When we do wrong, God is convicting us of those things that we have done wrong. And he is instructing us on the ways that we are supposed to do right. Now, that's not to say that you're not going to experience the consequences of your actions. Because I can sin and I can ask God for forgiveness, but I might still face consequences of my action. And that's the way things go and consequences of our actions should also be a teaching experience for us. As we're teaching our children to live as God wants them to live, we must talk about actions. We must talk about consequences. How many of you have had that sit down talk with your kids that you know, if you do this, then this is going to happen. We had that conversation. Tom was like six or seven years old. We were getting ready to go to Hershey Park for the day. Wendy's like, oh no, he's telling that story. 
And we were all packed up, man. We had the bags packed up and we had the sunscreen on and we had our hats and we had our sunglasses. We're getting ready to go out the door and Tom was just out of control. And I can talk about him because he's not here. <laughs> but he's not here because he's, he's at another church watching a friend get baptized, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, he was like out of control and no matter what we did and no matter what we said, he was just bouncing off the walls to the point where we felt like it might actually be a little dangerous to take him to a place where they strap you into things and send you flying at 50 miles an hour. And so I said, Tommy, if you can't get it together, if you can't calm down, if you can't act the way that you need to act in a safe way at Hershey Park, we're not going. And that was that. We unpacked our bags because he could not stop acting the way he was acting and doing the things that he was doing. And we just, so we said, no, we're not going. We stopped, we unpacked, a lot of screaming and crying and tears. And Tom was upset too. <laughs> but when we tell our children that their actions have consequences, and that some of, and if those consequences are in our control, you better follow through. Because God did. God followed through on his actions and consequences. A lot of the Old Testament has God saying to the people of Israel, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you're going to be dispersed. You're going to be sent away. You're going to be captured. You're going to be slaves. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And it happened. But God also didn't leave them there. Right? Because of his love, because of his grace, because of his mercy, obviously, he brought the people of Israel back together. And that's the thing that's really hard about being a father. Right? We say these actions and then we, we give these consequences. But do we really want to give these consequences? Is it... If, be honest, when you give a consequence and you actually follow through with it, who is it harder for? Usually, dad and mom. But we gotta do it. Our children have to understand that the things that they do have consequences, good or bad, that follow along. And we wanna teach them the good things to do and the good consequences, but we also want to remind them of the bad things and the bad consequences. And this is all part of being a good dad. One of the things that uh, a friend of mine, we were talking about this uh, just years ago. We were talking about how discipline is hard. And as I was reading through this week, uh, preparing this message, I actually found this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Even God knows that discipline is hard. 
We don't want to see our children make mistakes, especially not the same mistakes we did. But be consistent with your discipline. Make sure it's godly discipline. Make sure there's a reason for it. Make sure there's a lesson for it. Because it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for your children. Finally, dads, being a godly dad means being present. Let your kids know that you're there. Be there with them. Play with them. Go to concerts. Go to video game tournaments. Whatever it is that your kid's into. Just go. Be with them. Tell them that you're behind them. Tell them you're on their side. Tell them you want the best for them. Be the dad that can look at their children and say, I am. When God called himself, I am, he meant that he was the same yesterday and today and forever. Dads, be the dad that says, I have been with you up to this point and I am with you now and I will be with you for the rest of your life. That is what being a godly dad is. Wendy and I have always told our boys, home is your safe place. When you leave school, when you leave work, when you leave whatever you're doing and you come home, this is a safe place. You can talk about anything. You can tell us you had a bad day. You can tell us that you're angry. You can tell us that you're sad. You can tell us all of the exciting things that happened to you that day. And we are going to be there and we are going to listen to those things and we are going to rejoice in your rejoicing and we're going to be sorrowful in your sorrow and we are going to pray for you at least, with you if you are in that place where you can pray right now. But we're there. We're present. You can bring anything home to us. And what all we're doing is echoing the words of Peter when he says, lay all your cares on God, for he cares for you. Dads, when your kids walk through the door, no matter what kind of day they had, let them know that they can lay their cares upon you. Because you love them. Because you care for them. Because the world is a dangerous place. The world is a place where if your kids go and they start talking about all of the bad things that are going on in their lives and all of the horrible things or even all of the good things, they're going to get advice. They're going to get teaching. They're going to get things that go against the Word of God. Make sure your kids know that they can come home to you. And again, I don't care if they're 2 or 22 or 92. Make sure they know that you are the safe place for them. Make sure they know that you are going to first love them. Second, provide 
godly counsel to them. Third, if necessary, provide godly discipline for them. And let them know that you are there. We need to be strong and courageous. We need to tell our children what God wants for them. And even more, we need to show our children what a godly life looks like. And dads, I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to stand up against all of the things that are happening in the world and instruct your children in the way that they should go. God's promise is when they are old, they will not depart from it. They will remember that you were there. They will remember how you loved them and cared for them and even how you disciplined them. Be godly fathers this Father's Day and every day. This is what God wants of us. He wants us to stand up and say, yes, I am dad enough to care for his children. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for our dads. God, we thank you for their example, their, their advice, their counsel, their wisdom. We even thank you for their discipline. And Father, we ask those of us who are fathers, give us strength, give us courage. Help us to teach our children how to stand up for their faith. Help us to teach our children what it looks like to live a godly life in an ungodly world. We thank you for our children. We thank you for giving them to us for the short time that we are here. Give us the strength and the wisdom and the love to show them who you are. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to say this morning, God's blessing to our fathers in the congregation. Pray that you uh, find strength, that you find courage, that you find wisdom and that you continue working with your children. I've seen your kids. I've gotten to know some of them. You've got some great godly kids. Keep up the good work. Make sure that you're showing them every day who God is through you. God bless you.